Thank you. So noticing uh, the absence of uh, gross defilements, ill will, or and getting some sense of lots of subtler uh, mental or emotional parts, chitta states coming up. Mind's not so tough on itself, and but it's still a, a kind of sense of ah, what next? Yeah, right, that is. Okay, thank you. You know, struggle with uh, trying to get clarity around what is jitta, yeah? mm-hmm. but you're quite used to focusing on particular themes or you know something that comes into your awareness. Yeah. Okay. So you get a sense of being able to name and acknowledge particular states of mind, particular states of jitta, but um, how do you investigate that? So there's a recognition of spacious expansiveness uh, and it's just acknowledging when, when stuff disappears or melts is that resting back into that and yet it's easy to, relatively easy to get drawn out into, into objects uh, with a certain amount of you know, interest or passion or desire. Um, how, how does this how does it move on from there? How does it get back to the good bit? <laughs> Is that right? So, yeah, so stepping back um, from the rather over-busy noting practice and uh, just contemplating or noting stuff rising, moving around, um, but still, from time to time, it all rushes up in your, into your organizing planning mode, yeah? thinking mode. Thank you. So, your topic is that uh, a lot of thinking, when you close your eyes, you're either overwhelmed with lots and lots of thoughts, you can't acknowledge it, but it just rushes over, or then it stops and you just fall asleep, right? Or you feel dullness. Yeah. Or when you're, um, but you do find when you open your eyes and just keep your eyes on a wide, steady gaze, that does help to soften it or calm it a little, little more okay. and also forgiveness right oh dear <laughs> <laughs> well I'll uh, start with the topic what, what is jitter how do you know how do you where is it jitter well uh, <laughs> here we have been talking about it and now uh, I have to say you can't really exactly be aware of your jitta. <laughs> it's that which is aware. So it's like you can't see your eyes, but because you can see, you know, there's a visual sense. It's not really a thing. It's more like a, 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 a uh, it's a sense. It's the, it's the, you know, how do you know you're conscious? Because you're conscious of. Right? So what's the point of referring to this thing that you can't see? Um, now, the, the nub of it is uh, that when we talk about my mind being angry or my mind being busy, it's the case in terms of chitter, it's more like my chitter is being affected by ill will, my chitter is being affected by restlessness. So we notice the effects of the chitter. Yeah. Notice what's what's 
happening to it. You know, just like I have eyes and I notice, you know, something obscuring them. Um, so I try to be clear of that and get a feeling for it. And also, when it's absent, my mind is not, my chitta is not affected by these qualities. So we get a sense of, oh, this anger stuff is not actually some true state. It does, there's also the non-anger. So, you know, what's, it, what's that like? What's the sense of spaciousness like? When, when that, most of these states, at some point, they just get tired. <laughs> and they, they ebb. Um, and at first, you know, when it ebbs, sometimes your awareness ebbs with it. You know, you don't. It's almost like those states become so so ingrained that without when they dis, when they dissolve, as they do from time to time, you know, your 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 awareness also sort of can't can't stand without them. Can't stand up without them. So this, the the and that's just a matter of training or time. And this is where, say, conscious acknowledgement is helpful because then you're keeping what's called the wisdom faculty awake. Um, and, you know, you may not think you have too much wisdom or a lot of it, but it's the ability to, to sense, oh, this is anger rather than non-anger. Anger feels like this. Um, uh, craving feels like this. So that's, that's 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 called wisdom. Rather than ah, oh, so and so, I'm really fed up with him. Or that's called that's when you're in it. But when you're on, oh, there's that experience of anger. It does this to me. It gets stuff moving, running around. These images and pictures come up. So now I'm fully acknowledging and, and sensing that experience and um, just that this is the stepping back that I've been talking about withdrawal the viveka it's just that stepping back allows this wisdom faculty to start to operate and really the you know the development of the practice is just giving that the time and encouragement to strengthen into detachment and dispassion so that when the objects disappear, you know, you're there. Something's there. You're, you're, you're yeah, there. You know. a, and then maybe the next object comes up. Now those, those moments when, now that's as close as you can get to the jitter without an object. Yeah. So what's that? I'm not angry, I'm not sad. I, but, you know, of course, it can be so momentary, we barely notice it. So we do notice, oh, and then, you know, how can I, when my mind was annoyed, irritable, I was an angry person, how can I, how come I'm still here when that passes? So, so this is when we begin to, oh, there's this other dimension. The, the, that which is not just these rolling on of effects and um, topics, mood swings. This is the kind of just getting 
knife blade into into the into the oyster. Just you know, just you're going to open it up. The difference between uh, the chitta and what occupies the chitta. That we can't really you don't really see the jitta as an object, you experience it as oh, as as awareness. Which you can't really exactly name particularly first. Then you know, and then as that becomes more open, one begins to recognise subtler effects with this. This is the softening of ill will. This is the sense of Something I can't quite name, like curiosity or uh-huh, subtler states, bodily states, mm. subtler effects, moods, sense of spaciousness or warmth. There's a whole range of effects that we can hardly name. We just, but we, we may feel for a tiny bit of time, or a little bit longer, just strangely different, fresher, newer, more. And then whoop, something else wells up. That's 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 it. Um, well, that that is a. You want to get to there as whatever helps you get there. When it's noting whatever helps you get there, where you can recognise, or there's a recognition of the objects of the mind, the objects of the chitta are not the same as the chitta. Yeah. You want to get there. Then you begin to uh, assess clearly. You know what are the ones that really come up big, big, strong ones a lot of the time. You know, how's that happen? Much of one's skills then are in how can I sense the trigger of that mental activity? Where does that pop up from? It must arise from somewhere because it's not here all the time. And how can I kind of just get off that place where it starts bubbling up or? get back from it and this is the you know and having touched that so the you know can I can I untrigger these potentials for ill will for craving scent desire and so forth you know. so the investigation is necessary calming the mind is a skillful means to, uh, first of all, you know, finding a suitable object of meditation so you've, you've got some object there that is good enough to just take the tempo, the speed of the jitter down enough so you get some ability to scan. It's not just random raving, you know, it's, it's some sense of calm. And the more you do that, that itself as a certain quietening effect on what arises and then you can also bring up supportive recollections or deliberately consider ah uh, this person was good to me she helped me I'm fine grateful you know so you actually bring up something that that is a skillful mind state uh, of course that doesn't last all the time but it gives you a break from the incessant gnashing of <laughs> delusion and you can notice that what triggers that remembering this person triggers that so there's so when you choose something bringing to mind 
triggers that experience of gratitude example, or compassion. So consider objects of, that help to that. That triggers that. Isn't that interesting? You know, it wasn't there, and then I brought my brought that to mind, and this rather rather agreeable uh, uh, mood arose and welled up. It felt like this, and it passed. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And again. And see if you can sustain it a little bit longer. Uh, and now, actually, this is what body meditation is about. You know, can we get to something bringing it to mind? What's happening in the breathing now? Where, where's my body now? Um, clearly, it's not always something that everybody can do. But walking, some sense of body, bringing it back to that. This bringing to mind, mitaka, and then how is that? And so we're trying to find, right now, with my state, my what can I fairly readily bring to mind that gives rise to some skillful state? Why is it skillful? Because my mind is less feverish, my mind is less cramped, my mind is less tense, my mind is less demanding. So it's called it's a supportive the word is parikama, preliminary meditation object and we just, you do that and you do it, and you do it and then as if it, as it's working it has it brings, it has a brightening effect calming effect and what happens is you know, the difficult stuff doesn't get in quite so quickly you know, in a way you, you, you've established a, a tendency tendency towards that. Just as, you know, with forgiveness or, or the absence of it, there's a tendency there to, whenever this memory comes up, woof, you know, and so the more that runs, then the mind easily goes to that one. Because in a way, like training a dog, you've trained it unconsciously, one's trained to do that. So now we're consciously training it to do another, go another way. Yeah. Now, not not just the topic of forgiveness, but many things. And this is the, this in a, se- in a sense is, yes, the sort of basis of of of, of practice. Um, now you get certain boosts or or benefits when you choose something that works for you that your mind will pick up red, relatively easy it takes a bit of work um, and one of these is a sense of a little more confidence, a little more happiness, the jitter starts to feel a bit brighter because for the last half an hour last okay, the last ten minutes my mind has not been snarling and stuck so yeah, you get a little bit of a you know, a, bow, a prize for that <laughs> which is that well, your jitter feels more peaceful and feel more relaxed so often you're working with objects or selecting particular objects with this in mind um, to just change the temperature of the mind. And really one just has to you know, keep going with that. It's, it's, not, it's a preliminary, it's not by many means the end of the, the story, but it's a preliminary 
and it, it can go into these quite sustainable states where you feel pretty comfortable but they also are impermanent they are they are we did, we're, they're induced they're conditioned they're generated they're created so once you take your your finger off that one it's the it tends to decline and other stuff can come up but you've begun to recognize yeah but that that's just stuff I have less belief in it I'm not so convinced by it I'm not so obsessed with it but then there's another level of it and you can try to find something that you can manage so certainly sitting with your eyes open is a respectable way of practice because it works that's what you know (laughs) it's better than with your eyes closed so you do it that's what works simple as that uh, and because it gives you a sense of the eyes very clear very directly connect to the chitta they connect to thinking they connect to their mind state there are there are both most active sense organ is the eyes we do a lot with them and they, they do reflect our moods so steady eye will tend to give you a steady chitta uh, an open eye, if it's not just fascinated with objects, will also give you an open chitta that is not fascinated with objects. Not. So it's it's a respectable means of establishing um, the awareness. So you're aware, you're seeing, but what is seen is not something that really is getting you stirred up one way or another. And it's a lot better than just nodding off or obsessive thought. So it's not the only way, but that you find these little skills just because you, you're looking around and you find something that works. If it works, you stay with it. There are, but other than that's that we might say the first level, which seems to be this this um, mind always seems to get cluttered with material happens and we can say well I'm just an irritable person or a passionate person or a thoughtful person. you know I think a lot perhaps it's your job you know so in a way you've been doing this for five years or so so your, your chitta does that because <laughs> it's kind of what you've been encouraging it to do yeah. and very often it's we come up into here because in our heads are normally that we consider this the priority the leader of our lives organizing things thinking things through is often give given great uh, emphasis so fundamental tendency and as that tendency or what you can do is is get perhaps more into trying to the other three sense basic that are conducive the visual one the auditory one and the tactile so because the tactile sense is also extremely sensitive and cute and it's not it's a completely different realm from the from the verbal thinking stuff so this is why something like walking and sensing in walking the subtlety of bodily sensation and movement so standing that sensing within standing the exquisite quality of the body's ability to balance you only have to just tip a centimeter and something knows that 
And that just helps to dislodge some of this emphasis towards up into the brain. I don't think there's a lot of point in just sitting there in an overwhelmed state because you just get fed up with it. Um, now, once one has begun to get some recognition of, of these states um, and as an awareness of them, the next thing we might notice is what are called these um, underlying tendencies. And one of them is is strong one is the tendency to becoming something. This is the future sense, the next, what next. It's a pull. Just as there's a pull towards having something to think about, so sometimes you get these stupid thoughts sticking in your mind. It's just a silly thought. It doesn't mean anything at all. Stupid thought. Shut up. Stop it. And it's like... You know, it's... um, The mind... it's, It's the chitta has got addicted to having something to play with. So um, it just brings up all kinds of stuff. Uh, oh, this is called you know, this is called tanha thirst. Now this is not necessarily raging craving, but it's a sense of just you know, how difficult it is in some ways to not think, <laughs> to not have something going on. You know, if you're not thinking, it's really is thinking, remembering, planning. So there's something to think about your mind starts creating memories and ideas. That's a tendency, a tendency of craving. The other powerful quality of craving is craving to, to be something which is really craving for the next moment. It's a time sense. And next, and next. It's like something's leaning, leaning, leaning to to the the way the next the end the result and now next what do I do now that kind of <laughs> leaning over <laughs> um, then really not to get too concerned about what the object is whether your uh, object fascination is food sex the future, you know, or, or thinking, whatever it is, don't get lost in that. Just recognize the chitta is trying to get into something. Where, whatever uh, the your next moment is, whether it's nibbana or dinner um, or the end of the retreat, <laughs> notice that sense of you're leaning over to when the thing will happen. Uh, and just Noticing the little trench is coming, coming back into who, who's, who's aware of this. Because once we've begun to sense this level of, of, of experience, just the pulling and to focus on the pulling of the, of the jitta or the pushing of it or the pulling back, looking much more closely to the most fundamental tendencies of the jitta. Now these mind states are sort of secondary to this propensities that gen- that really drag them up out of nowhere and it, it becomes physical and certainly psychological so 
one way we we contemplate this is uh, who is aware of this? Now, where is this happening? So this again brings us back from that leaning. Who is aware of craving? Craving happens. Who is aware of that? So we're right at that place where we're just about to go into generating objects to, you know, get obsessed about. If you can notice that's the pulling, or the the pushing, pulling back, or whatever it is, or the pulling into the next moment, who is aware of that? Then, in a way, we, we again, we just step back from that drive and question who is aware, not looking for a verbal answer, but it's a realignment to, to awareness itself. And that awareness itself is chitta in its most primary state. Of course, many of these things that we find ourselves orienting towards are luminous, they are attractive, they are irritating, they've got some juice in them. So, dispassion. And not to identify with either the Particularly that leaning, not to identify, here I am getting stuck into, here I am thinking again, here I am, you know, doing this silly thing that I've been doing. No, no, take the I am out of it. Here's the inclination. And just like you're, when you're standing and finding balance, now I'm leaning to the left. Now, you know, it's rather like that. So it's just that adjusting back into awareness itself. Um, and that we might say is a, is a is a, uh, uh, a great thing to do. Um, then getting a feeling for it. Oh, this. So in a way that we. So some of this is just changing what we're familiar with. We're familiar perhaps with our narratives and our psychologies and we're familiar with our stories and so on. Are we familiar with our awareness? Probably not. Probably not familiar with it. And basically it's just the process of time and time again till I'm getting lost. Wait a minute. I'm getting lost. Who is getting, where is the getting lost? What is it? Yeah, right. Because yeah. you begin to recognize that you've done, it's done this so many times. It does this so many times. It, it doesn't really do anything useful. Uh, and there's this. This is just time. Matter of time. Training time. Doing it again and again. Uh, it's tired, it's bored, it doesn't know how to be present without something to get, you know, so it just, just basically blanks out. So we need to give it something to bond to. Now if that's, say, seeing with your eyes open, that's fine. 
standing, walking, then that's fine. I'm giving it some support. Your question again. Have I, t- have I, have I responded to your question? I'm not sure. Um, now, forgiveness. Uh, so is that sort of your first set of questions? Is that sort of give you something to to work with, or as subtler and subtler objects that affect the jitta, subtler and subtler. So, and we don't always acknowledge that there is an object because it's kind of fairly subtle, uh, or it doesn't seem to be a problem. It's not necessarily a problem. It can be helpful, but then the wisdom faculty is. It's like this now. Seems quite peaceful and calm. Okay. Who's aware of that? That, that kind of so you make much of it when it's there because it's the calm or peaceful states are perhaps a little easier to to do that with than when you something really drags you right in. Jitra is, is is the subjective experience. It's the it doesn't matter, you know, as long as the, as long as the words go to touch, touch the right place, because we're not trying to find a what, oh, it's my mind. No, no, that's not it. It's, or even where is that? That would do it, that might do it. Bottom line is that, um, your jitta experiences these so-called perceptions or impressions and feelings. So impressions of a person or an event that was very difficult for you, you know, painful, destructive, inappropriate. And now, right now, that hopefully that person or event isn't here, but the memory is. Now the memory is is a perception. Um, it's like something stuck in your throat and it keeps can't swallow it and you can't spit it out and the feeling is unpleasant so with that comes this reaction of I guess ill will or frustration or sorrow or whatever it is and you can't spit it out, you can't swallow it you can't accept it, you can't spit it out Um, and what you can try, what I uh, do or have done is you, know, you go back to that because uh, uh, you obviously know you want to get rid of it, you don't think it's helpful but trying to get rid of it doesn't work you go back to even the memory of that call it X, whatever it was and just try to slow it down in your memory so write down and try to get to the very point where the feeling is strong what particular piece of that whole thing strong okay, and then so the feeling is there and see if through that you can let the perception fade to a degree and just focus on the, the feeling which because it's the feeling that gets the reaction this is painful feeling um, painful feeling and 
Allow yourself to feel it. Open up to feeling the painfulness. Without trying to get rid of it. Without um, going back to the memory. You may go back to the memory, but keep focusing on the feeling. And how do, where, and when you feel it, what happens to you when you feel that painful feeling? You intend yourself going, you know, you know, that something tightens up or contracts. Is it possible to come back to the you feel that and just relax it a little bit? Relax that. What, what contracts can also uncontract. So it's in, it's, it's in the uncontracting that the feeling can pass. Passes through. And there's uh, sometimes, sometimes it's very poignant or acute. And you get a wave of emotion and then it passes. And so, you know, I can't get rid of feeling. And so, when when a painful feeling occurs, this emotion is bound to occur. You can't say you don't have the emotion. If a painful feeling occurs, clearly no one likes it. Of the disturbance. Now, with that disturbance, we experience that disturbance rising up. You feel what's happening in your chitta, even in your body. You feel tension tightening up in your chest or your face. Open your eyes. See if you can just relax, uncontract, release. Release your, your chitta. Feeling may then, there might be a welling up of an emotion, let that happen, and this helps to the feeling to pass. You know, when someone has done something objectionable to us, you get the feeling, the memory of the person, and then starts the but I shouldn't, he shouldn't, and how dare they, and it's wrong, and, you know, it's, well, that's going in the wrong direction. You know, we feel abused, mistrusted, betrayed. That's all true, but it doesn't, doesn't cure it. It doesn't, it doesn't resolve it. So, okay, yeah, that's all true, but let's, what I want to do, really, is just, that's his or her issue now. What they did is up. That's their problem. You know? uh, what I want to do is just get this, stop this feeling happening, and this, this is the way you do it by accepting the presence, opening to the presence of difficult feeling. You know, it's like when when we uh, physical injury. What happens if you, you know, hurt your body? Everything tightens up, right? If you've done this, 
and they take take whatever take it out, and then you've got to kind of get the body out of its out of its tightness, healing, because it that does that, and it's a defense system. Yeah. Harden up, so I don't hardening up is a defense to try to not experience the fullness of the feeling. Now, but when that happens to your chitta, you can't stop it entering because it's already in there. So, all that is just more securely holding it in. The arrow is in your heart, tightening up around it, firmly keeps it there. Something like that. Just sort of, you know, cut the story, cut the what I'm going to do about it, cut the who's right and who's wrong, cut that, cut the I want to get rid of this feeling, cut that off. <laughs> this is the surgery, if you see what I mean, till you get back to where the arrow is. It only, it only comes out through that opening. So, I haven't really answered your question about forgiveness because that comes later. Once, once that's there, then, then you can do forgiving. <laughs> because okay, right now I'm, I'm, I'm okay, and so this person's that, you know, that's. Is karma. Now I finish with it. So then you, you can do the forgiving then. It may take sometimes quite a while to get round to this bit. Forgiving. Because <laughs> nothing hurts like a human being. Because that human beings we naturally open and bond to. Nothing gets under your skin like a human being. If it was a dog, it wouldn't be a problem. Dog bit you, you wouldn't have as much problem. (laughs) If a tree dropped its branch on you, wouldn't have any problem forgiving the tree. (laughs) It's when human beings do it that that it really gets into you. you know, one's um, sense of, I don't know, emotional reality is based upon being in comfort with other people, other humans. That's just the fact of it. The nature of our, of our human condition. Yeah, you, you know, p- painful physical feeling is actually um, a lot more benevolent than painful mental feeling. So, though we don't like it, it's quite gives you good uh, preliminary coach, you know, sparring partner. So, you realize if you resist it, fight with it, it's going to be a problem. So, you learn how to accommodate a little more 
unpleasant physical feeling and keep widening your attention so if you've got pain in your thigh you widen your attention down to your foot so you get a broad field of attention and you go to the edge of the painful piece and see if you can just extend your awareness to soften everything because everything tenses up around pain when you get that model it's possible that some of that understanding will then be there for when you cultivate um, difficult mental feeling and recollections you know um, I'm heir to my karma not to anybody else's um, I have the um, here is a possibility of uh, chitta essentially is not the feeling not the object that catches it so we try to remember this this is my this is what no one can take away no matter how unpleasant or abusive they are it hurts because I don't know how to separate from it I don't know how to step back from it so this again can help uh, realigning and perhaps it helps to just also moderate our relational sense to be a little bit more spacious in our relationships you get too um, say too closely bonded or too dependent on other people then you're more vulnerable and sometimes that, that can be the, the case whereby we really try to, to get you know, close or, or, or bond to someone uh, and hope that we would change them through that way you know, I'll make him better or something, and it doesn't necessarily work because one, one ends up becoming um, easily a subject to abuse, other people's abuse. So it can help to realign. The priority is, you know, in looking after myself, I'm looking after others. By looking after this, I'm establishing a clearer relationship where other people are not going to generate so much bad karma or you know, keep things a bit more cool and steady. And I, I have a way of generating my own well-being and, and kindness and warm-heartedness. If the Mental, difficult mental feelings associated with what people think of me. Again, recollect what people think of me is their topic. How much do I need that? You know, how accurate is it? If it's about my status, if I'm seen as a winner or a loser, success or a failure, praised or blame, that's other people's issue. How much is it of my topic? Um, you know, I have my integrity to count upon. So all these just help to give one a, a little bit of a refuge from some of the topics where painful mental feeling can occur.
Maybe sometimes having too much space isn't always a good thing. <laughs> you know, because the mind, it's good to have something that one in, feels a sense of engagement in a positive way. Because sometimes just it's our nature, we want to be occupied, and sooner or later you start hoovering up, <laughs> you know, the, the rubbish. Uh, so it can be helpful to uh, have some sense of I do this. Even if what I do is really like I do a simple act of service or I do uh, uh, my chanting or, you know, something I do that gives the chitta something to occupy itself with. Knowing this is what it's it's like. It's difficult to stay in the unoccupied. And, and you know, in real practical terms, you know, the the times when the jitter is not occupied with something are percentage-wise small. <laughs> Even when you've got nothing much to do, you know, I had a most of a year on on retreat with nothing really I had to do. The amount of times when the jitter wasn't occupied were percentage-wise fairly small because a lot of it's just half remembering you know, just, uh, you know not necessarily correct, lot profound occupation but some, something cooking away and that's process, you just okay, making peace with that one getting that one weathering through this one, letting this stuff play itself out, some of it's just that just sheer um, patience and letting stuff unfold and you know Empty it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The image is used as a, like a garbage pit or a toilet. Keep emptying stuff down the toilet, but there's no chain to pull, unfortunately. So it's more like things compost. <laughs> They kind of sit there, they, uh, rotting down, <laughs> rotting there, they sort of break up. And one is aware of that process without feeling of, oh, I'm, I'm slow, I'm a slow learner, I can't do it, you know, no, no. This is, this is the process and there can be awareness of that. Very important practice, how do you do metta towards yourself? Sometimes not fully fully appreciated the power of it and the, the need for it because you know it's sometimes a bit disappointing to see one's mind doing these crazy things and uh, you know it's, it's encouragement you know, warm-heartedness and difficult times in the past I generally use um, try to recollect uh, occasions when I can consciously recognize you know either a person being generous or kind towards myself uh, notice the feeling I bring up the image notice the feeling and even they're saying something like it's fine it's okay it's great it's really good to see you something like that you know 
that evokes this sense of being touched you know, you know, by loving other person's warm-heartedness and bring that up and try to pick up that tonality there's something very open about the chitta when it receives that quality the essence of it you know, it boils down to something much briefer the verbal stuff is always a lot longer and more clumsy than than the the, uh, sort of the movement of the, of the jitta but it, it can it can trigger it I mean I love the sound of that word you know uh, all encompassing world sense of you know, sort of spreading out it's a lovely and then abundant exalted it's just a beautiful perception to it like the richness of that a lovely gesture of, of heart. So certain phrases I find very, um, very um, effective. The Buddha absolutely filled with ocean-like compassion. Ocean? Why an ocean? The oceans aren't particularly compassionate. <laughs> but when you get a sense of the vast, spreading, limitless, anything you dump in an ocean, it just, <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> It's, it's the sense of the vastness and that I, I, my, my chitta lights up at the sense of vastness space that's an attractive uh, sign well if you want a model I would say that it's like uh, the, the model if you can imagine something like a vortex you know you look at a vortex the centre of it is just like a and empty there's no right in the very center there's no water but around it are these currents similarly in the center of the jitter is just knowing but it is, is at its periphery there's this cycling of, of trends and tendencies and as you go further out there's quite you know it gets more and more choppy water so are, are you that's can be a model that's helpful and recognizing that you know in a way, is a vortex a thing or not a thing? It's not really a thing. But it's not 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 nothing either. It's a it's a tendency, a series of tendencies, and that's more the jitta. But essentially, the, the knowing, the empty centre is not a tendency. You can't substantiate that. And in this kind of whirling on that we directly experience we know the currents we know the, the riptides we know the surging we know and as we get a little more navigating we begin to see there's a steady pattern here yeah so as you get more close up to the familiar patterns rather than just the, the narratives the familiar patterns this is the pull of of Preoccupation, sense design, the pull of becoming, these strong patterns. Now, that's good news, really, you know, it's not necessarily such agreeable, but it's good news. Because you're getting right close to the knowing. And just to be clear, it's, it's, you know, some of those 
currents are not they're not all bad otherwise we wouldn't be doing this There's a lot of tides and currents that are about you know I incline towards virtue I shrink back from violence I I enjoy generosity I don't like stingy you know there's, there's a lot of good stuff in our stream otherwise we certainly wouldn't be doing this we're humans and we're you know humans inclining towards truth and liberation and, and uh, resolving suffering so that, that's this is the best whirlpool to be in. <laughs> it's still a bit of a world. <laughs> the fundamental quality of the vortex is nama rupa vijnana. Uh, that means there's consciousness of an object. Yeah. And... Uh, consciousness of space or calm there's awareness of that uh, and there's a sense of preferring it or liking it uh, this is where it starts to, uh, so the, the nama is the essence of my, the inclinations, the impressions yeah, about even calm it's still, it's a much subtler and quieter vortex than the Elter skelter whirlpool, but um, it is, it is that there is the basic structure, the fact that stuff does get patterned at all. How come we remember things? <laughs> How come that we like things? Things are things. What what is that liking disliking? Now that and the and the, the inclinations that go along with that. So the, the the essence of it is is structural. I don't know if this makes it's it's a uh, you know one has to refer to unfortunately to this language which is not everyday language so it can seem a little abstract but uh, there's there's something that is seen or known or observed or sensed call that rupa thing however subtle that may be there's a sensing of it. Yeah, that's, that's that's the consciousness. You can't really have a thing without being conscious of it. Uh, right? So those two. And the third bit of the tripod is there's some sort of um, recognition and naming and establishing on that experience. That's the third piece of the tripod. And uh, so right now, you know, this may be relatively agreeable but um, elements of that are going to change and there will still be that dependency on an object of some kind, subtle we can change it from this growth to this subtle one there's still a a dependency on it Nama is all the the inclination, the naming, the sensing Consciousness is that which does the sensing, it brings the object into awareness, and the object could be anything from, you know, a mental state, physical sensation, uh, subtle energy. Yeah. That, that's, the, that's the object. So, they're not, they're not all unpleasant by any means. And, you know, actually, the general Buddhist perspective is a lot more pleasant stuff than unpleasant stuff. Yeah. 
you know, we're, we're at kind of the rougher end of the spectrum. You know, upwards you've got another, I don't know, 20 odd more beautiful realms than this. That <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff out there. <laughs> that's what's next. Devaloka, Brahma Loka, yeah, that's next. So, which is you know, better than a poke in an eye, poking the eye with a burnt stick. But it's still in it's still in the big planetary galactic turn, you know. As we see, we don't recognise the Earth is turning, but it, because it's so infinitesimal to our sensitivities, and yet it is turning. We're in the we're in the the the, the, the looping. Similarly, uh, some of, some aspects of mind we don't even really notice. There's that there's that slow turning, um, but it's a dependency on uh, an object mm-hmm. and that there is so there's the inclination towards subtler objects towards more refined states which is considered you know good but what next comes up you know this uh-huh, and now is this is still that yeah, that dependency. Uh, but because it's relatively subtle, the property uh, of one's wisdom faculty is kept awake. There's the ability to discern the difference between the knowing and, and the known. And we, at a certain point, when it, it, the, the experience is good enough, we come back to knowing it. Uh, interestingly, just on that line, you know, I've mentioned the, these 11 doors, you know, and there's the four, we call the Rupa jhanas and the four Brahmihas. There's three immaterial states, which are the very subtle. And there's one immaterial state, it's too subtle. It's too subtle to, to distinguish the knowing. The point is it's such a refined state is that you can't track the knowing is the essential bit it's so subtle it's barely an object at all therefore there's the capacity to you know to um, to make use of it I don't think we need to worry about that it's probably never going to happen if I'm to get that subtle but just as a footnote interesting footnote but subtlety is good, it's good, but it's not eventually the end, you know. And jhana isn't the end by any means. It's uh, helpful, but and, uh, in that it, it facilitates um, access to the roots of mental behaviour, because you can begin to sense before the whole story starts happening. Just that, you know, these, these tendencies become clearer because there's a lot less stuff in in the in the mind. got to count your blessings and make a practice of everyday recollecting you know the blessings you have and the strengths you have and the accomplishments you have and the terrible things you didn't do that you could have possibly done because human beings are the most destructive creatures uh, so just counting one's, one's blessings and you know, uh, maintain patience and maintain um, mind of goodwill in testing circumstances 
or I was a little more patient than normal. Yeah. So, you, and you recollect because you've got to keep in touch with the the, the benefit of goodness of, of the skillfulness. So, really, mudita and a modena. You know, this is this is appreciation of, of goodness so important. Brahma uh, Vihara, not just other people, but I have these virtues. I am someone you can rely upon. I am a trustworthy person. No creature need fear me. You know, grant that. And it's, it's narcissism. It's it's essential food for the journey. Recollection. The four standards are recollect uh, death, recollect enlightenment, Buddha, Buddha Dhamma Sangha. In terms of time with that, there is this possibility, you know, this thing dies, but this is, there's those beings who've gone beyond this. That recollect uh, karma, I can act, my welfare or my ruin. What am I going to do? Benefit, the benefits of good karma and recollect in themes of kindness you know, recollect people who've been kind to you uh, any small act of kindness you know, you did pass me a cup of coffee or something you, know, you recollect any of it um, and then you know, so recollect your own good karma karma Metta meaning broadly speaking the whole area of goodwill and compassion. So those we might you might spend five, ten minutes going through some of those. It doesn't take long, it's just like tuning in, or one you might really want to stay with because it's touching something that's important and helpful and stays around. Um, so I recommend that it doesn't take a long time. And it just helps to set set the one's mind will jitter up in an appropriate way and this doesn't take an hour uh, and you, can, you know you can do it in a traffic jam yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that and then just uh, getting into your body getting, you know, coming into coming to the sense of the body general thing helps to take the pressure off mental occupation preoccupation uh, and all that very high speed running stuff is coming into the sense of the body walking or standing or sitting so you take it from there I think I said you know we talk about the traffic lights recollection and recollect any good you do, even at good inclination, it must bear good fruit. <laughs> that's, that's just really nice to remember. It doesn't immediately happen, or it might not be a strong burst, but it's going to be it's better than the opposite. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, recollection. And then, uh, do I practice with a heart of goodwill towards myself? Forgiveness, compassion, tolerance, realism, look. You know, how much, what's your expectation? Try to deal realistically with, okay, it's this now, 
before I'm feeling despondent about it or struggling to make it better, why can I just spend some time just making friends with myself? So the mind of goodwill is established, and then try to spend some time in 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 the internal internal body, so soothing the nerves, nervous system, which gets such a frazzling in daily life. Take it from there. Yeah, it's it's um, off and on is is yeah. And yet, once the thing has started, there's a seed there. And that's what wants to bear in mind. It just there is a seed, and just creating opportunities to, you know, freshen it up. Revitalize it. Hopefully, this won't. This will be an, a longer on. <laughs> yeah. And you know things like so it sounds maybe it sounds like a long time, fourteen, fifteen years, and in the human lifespan. Yeah, that's quite a long, reasonably long time. But that's it's not a small time. But it, you know, this process does take decades. Yeah, that's why you don't want to. You know, pace yourself for the marathon or a sprint, so don't rupture anything by, <laughs> you know, take, warm up, keep going. And just think, if you hadn't done this, poof, you know, you can't really go back. It's just, uh, just think of the alternative. If you hadn't done any, you've never heard any Dharma or tuned into it at all. You know, where all 15 years of doing that do to you, <laughs> you know. I mean, I tend to think, well, what's the alternative? <laughs> and you just, I think I just re- recollected, there's probably quite a few people, most, many people on this planet who've never, ever put any effort into cleaning their minds. <laughs> totally, just step back in the horror of just what it, Oh my God! Is it? Oh, I see why it's like this. You know, it's amazing we're still surviving. Considering, can you imagine if you believe every thought in your head? And <laughs>